in the scripture I was led to share today, which is a lot longer passage than I had Lee read, but that um, that verse is key and central uh, for us. From Luke two twenty one to thirty eight, it has been forty one days since Jesus' birth. Jesus has undergone the eighth day of the rite of circumcision, and Mary's days of being unclean have passed. This new family has made their way to Jerusalem and to the temple, the dwelling place of God. A man who was also in Jerusalem at that time has been led to the temple that very day, and a woman who has been living in the temple, awaiting this moment, is there as well. All will meet in a fantastic scene. So who are they? Well, we have Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus, Simon, and Anna. Now, the temple is a large place and very, very crowded. There's a lot going on. Of course, a lot has been going on for Joseph and Mary, too. It's been just a little over a month since their wonderful, anticipated arrival of Jesus, who was named before he was born, came to them. Has the visit by the angel Gabriel, the visit Mary had with Elizabeth, and the visit by the shepherds faded from Mary's memory? And I wonder if it's been fully processed by Joseph. I mean, birth alone is a pretty incredible thing, especially for guys. But here's Joseph involved in a most holy birth. Does it feel godly favored? The family was directed to a birthing place not of their own choosing, but due to a governmental census. The birthplace was in a smelly, foul, really, really, really unsanitary stable. Yet this family has kept to their expectations as given by the law, with only one exception. Joseph did not divorce or expose Mary. Instead, he cared for her the best that he can. I'm sure they are tired and worn out, They've traveled, they've barely rested, and I'm sure they are quite over it, as we would say. And yet the next phase, part of their journey will be traveling home, traveling on unsafe roads, perhaps being part of a caravan with strangers, and then going home to, at hope for best, a welcome reception but more likely a very cool one. Yet Mary and Joseph have offered the sacrifice and the keeping of what is stated in the law, a pair of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. And by doing what was required by the law, Jesus has been gifted back to them, redeemed to Joseph and Mary. The law governed their lives, not just the Roman occupation law, The law, big L, as given to them by Moses. In Deuteronomy 9.15, 
It states, a solitary witness against someone in any crime, wrongdoing, or any sort of misdeed that might be done is not sufficient. The decision must stand by two or three witnesses. In the law, if two or three witnesses give their testimony and the testimony agrees, their spoken evidence is confirmed. The first witnesses for Joseph and Mary were the shepherds. They were witness to what was him and to a son of finding a babe wrapped in, uh, in a manger and lying in the manger. So witness number one. Then we have Simon. At the time that Mary and Joseph come to the temple, Simon is also in the temple. Simon meaning God has heard. We are told a few characteristics about Simon in Luke 2, 25 through 27. He is righteous. He is devout. He anticipated the restoration of Israel. And the most wonderful part, the Holy Spirit rested upon him. Now, this is before Pentecost and long after the last of the prophets had spoken to Israel. Let's look over what the Spirit has been about in the last few times with Jesus' life. So Gabriel tells Mary in Luke 1, 35, that the Holy Spirit will come over her and the power of the Most High will overshadow her. At Mary's visit with Elizabeth in Luke 1, 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child, John, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 1, 7, in Luke 1 67, John's father, Jack, Zachariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Once again, the Spirit has become active. The Spirit has revealed to Simon that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Luke 2.26 Now tradition says Simon was old. Even one commentary said that he was 114. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I'm going to wonder out loud even. How long had it been since the Spirit had given Simon this revelation? How long had Simon been waiting? Had he been visiting the temple a long time, or was this the first time he followed his leading? In the end, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that Simon was led by the Spirit, and he went into the temple. Now, was it in great anticipation, joy, terror, a combination? Because it had been revealed to Simon that he would not die until he saw, yet he is about to see, which means, well, not only is the waiting over, but he may be resting with his ancestors very soon. And so Simon finds them. Being led by the Spirit, he finds Mary, Joseph, and Jesus in the crowded temple. Simon takes Jesus in his arms. Now remember, Jesus is still a wee thing, a newborn, 41 days old, a wrinkled up piece of life, as my Bruce likes to say of all new babies. Can you picture this? Maybe Simon has a beard 
And Jesus reaches up to snatch at it or grabs at his nose. For Simon, perhaps all fades away. The crowds, the noise. Simon praises God and says, Now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared the salvation and the presence of all people. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people Israel. Simon then blesses them. He blesses Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Simon then says words directly and only for Mary. Unlike the witness and testimony of the shepherds, Simon's words are of startlement, concern, a prophecy. Simon says to Mary, Luke 2, 34, This boy is assigned to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that generates opposition, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will will pierce your innermost being too. Simon is our witness number two. I wonder how much Mary really pondered Simon's words, for these are not very comforting words like those words of the shepherds. Perhaps Mary is not surprised by Simon's words. She is, after all, had all kinds of mystical spiritual encounters. God has been acting an intimate mystery in her life and in her life with Joseph for a while now. Mary and Joseph have had two witnesses, the shepherds and Simon. Just for an extra encouragement or full completion, because God does tend to complete, fulfill, fully restore, and bring about his word, Anna approaches. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, and Simon, at that very moment, Anna approaches them. Simon's words to Mary have just been said, but Anna, too, begins to praise God and to speak about Jesus. Now, Anna speaks to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Israel, which is all the people in the temple. Her message, her witness, her her prophecy is not just to Joseph or to Mary or to Simon— No, her message, her witness, her prophecy is to everyone. We are told in Luke 2, 36 to 38, that Anna, meaning grace, is a prophet. She is the daughter of Phineal, who belonged to the tribe of Asher. We are told that she is very old. It's interesting that the age of Simon is not told, but the age of Anna is. We are told that she is now an 84-year-old widow, having lived with her husband for seven years. We are told that she has never left the temple, but worshipped with fasting and prayer night and day. You know, Anna is a kick-butt churchgoer. And most remarkable, Anna's heritage is that from the tribe of Asher. 
Now, Asher is a tribe of the Northern Territory when the Israelites made it across to the Promised Land. This tribe is pretty small now, as it was part of the ten tribes that fell when the Assyrian army captured the land and carried the people away in 772 BCE. Asher was the son of Jacob and Leah, who came to to Egypt as one of the twelve sons of Jacob. Asher's tribe served under Moses and Aaron while in the desert. Asher is among the tribes that crossed over the Jordan River and stood on one of the mountains, according to Deuteronomy 27.13, and gave all the cursings to the people if they did not follow the covenant. Asher's tribe is also a non-priestly tribe. Asher's descendants occupied the land very north of Jerusalem until the assault, the assault that came because they rebelled against the Lord and the Assyrian army took them away. It makes it even more incredible, amazing, powerful that Anna of the tribe of Asher, Anna, a woman, Anna, a prophet, is our third witness. Luke 2.33 says, Jesus' father and mother were amazed by what was said about him. The decision stood. The witness's testimony agreed. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is Christ the Lord. Merry Christmas. Let's take a few minutes to let this news settle over our souls.